0: Hey, hey, welcome to the podcast where we take a quick swig of medicine from the limitless depths of pop fiction, literary fiction, visual art, music, movies, poetry, any artistic creation, and we feel all the better for it. My name is Nate Hammond. You are listening to Tonic Pop. Hey, we're rolling. This is Tonic Pop Podcast. My name is Nate Hammond, and we're welcoming back. To the studio, to the home studio, to the lounge studio, Damien Johnson. Howdy! It's good to be here again. Yeah, welcome back, man. You just missed out a pancake breakfast. There might be a couple left though if you're hungry. Like, <laughs> that's all right. Uh, little <laughs> a a
1: pancake and... <laughs> No, it's too early in the morning. I, I do the whole. What? I, I got sucked into the intermittent fasting
0: thing, oh, so I've been man. giving that a bash. So okay. I don't usually
1: eat anything until like midday. Yeah, right. Apart from a coffee for
0: breakfast. That's... Okay. No intermittent fast, so um, most of the time. Yeah, yeah. Just weekends maybe I slack, but four or che- five days I cheat day, day isn't that what yeah, they call yeah, it, in the yeah. I've been doing it probably two or three years i'd say and yeah yeah off and on for the most part yeah good, good on you man it's working yeah well i think so it's definitely it's working it's for up. you you're looking yeah, yeah. good oh. so, yeah. <laughs> right. getting older man like yeah with a similar generation i think i'm a bit older but yeah you know you gotta gotta stay on top of your health as you get older your metabolism slows down your belly gets bigger oh, i know before we get to our top five and the subject of the day just tell us what you've been doing intra covid like since we saw you last yeah also so
1: last time i saw you i just released um the first single of what will be the next album um which is called crowd in my hand was the single mm-hmm. since then i've released another one called enemy came yes. out a couple of weeks ago now you got the guns they got the bombs they got the bombs we got the songs Songs for no hope. hope brings the melody fear is the virus love is the remedy Don't And the video for that just came out, just got premiered uh, in this past week. So that's been really cool. So getting a little bit of traction behind that now, which has been good fun.
0: Oh, slacker, I have not seen the video. I mean, I've listened to the song quite a few times and I'm not, I didn't realize that you'd released Bit. Oh actually no, I saw that you're releasing it and I quickly liked it as a as a way to remind myself to go back and watch it and I just haven't I'm so sorry, man. So no no, it's all good. yeah, so let's like, talk the video
1: because it, yeah. it was fun and um and I, actually this is kinda like the video in essence, like you and I and us crossing paths, part of that came out because um the Brisbane Multicultural Arts Centre or whatever yeah, had yeah, yeah, been yeah, yeah. putting out some you
0: know B Mac yep, yep. booster
1: packs during COVID. Shout out B Mac. Yeah, exactly. And that's how in you know through that your name kinda popped up um in there so that's how we kind of connected uh and then i also managed to connect with there's another um girl from ipswich paulina amazing vocalist yeah, right yeah. so her and i connected so we've actually done a bit of a collab for another song in the future but anyway i'm talking around the bush here getting back to the enemy video so b gave me a booster to, to come yeah, up with yeah, music yeah. video yeah, at home yeah, yeah and of course i'm stuck in isolation and uh just got a mobile phone or whatever um, but they gave me you know, a couple hundred bucks to, to throw towards making this video. I thought this would be fun. So I went out and used that to buy some great eccentric costumes and all yeah, sorts yeah. of bits and pieces and ha- hacked together. Yeah, this it was my kind of first attempt really getting into editing and all sorts of bits and pieces on, well, on what video. did you use? Uh, so I used uh, Adobe Premiere was the... Right. Yeah. Um, which is pretty high from what I understand like that's a fairly industry standard kind of yeah, yeah, video yeah, editing yeah. software piece uh, I say that I'm sure someone who's a film editor go what are you talking about that's kids play but
0: you know while you're talking I'm just going to let the audience know I quickly um, just put up the visuals for it so it's in my peripheral so right. like, I'm getting a, a vibe from it while you're talking yeah yeah. and it's cool man like, yeah. yeah yeah, there's a
1: lot of eccentric stuff oh you stuff just gave me the finger there. what the hell yeah yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. come on no, man you're going to watch this video now there's a lot of eccentric stuff like I, I will forewarn you now there is like partial nudity and chickens and all sorts of bits and pieces in this video Oh, chickens
0: are meant to be nude come on
1: yeah well exactly you know I mean clothes on chickens that's, that is a bit weird so um yeah but because what I wanted to do in the video so just to unpack it a bit then I wanted to play there was a whole bunch of different themes within the song so the, the song started with this idea of um I was kind of it was a bit of a protest song um mm-hmm. a bit fed up with the whole myth of redemptive violence, like when people feel like, oh, you know, we, we can okay. fight our way to peace. I sort of feel like, you know. Like,
0: right,
1: right. So I kind of wanted to challenge that a little bit. Um, so there was kind of themes to do with war and soldiers and stuff. So I kind of dress mm. up as like a, a Russian military Air Force uh, pilot in this video. Um, but then there was also this, you know, by that stage, COVID had really kicked in. We were all in isolation. Um, and I was finding myself was probably getting a bit stuck into having too much wine every night. And I was right. finding I had a lot of <laughs> friends who were like that, where you'd just yeah, sit okay. there and you'd pour yourself a glass and before too long you'd had a bottle. Mm. And so there's, there's scenes now in this video too of me kind of dressed up in, you know, business apparel and, and slowly, you know, just going from sanity to well.
0: I was, I was going to ask you how the creative juices were flowing, you know, intra COVID. And it seems that it's uh, it's it's not a it's not a dry bed. It's not a stream. It's bloody river, man. Looking at this video.
1: <laughs> oh, 100%. percent. Um, I'm a big like I'm a believer that like boredom is an essential part of mm. the creative process. Like I find that for me, and I was talking to somebody about this the other day. That I intentionally try and live a minimalist life, so I don't have a lot of stimulation around me, because I know that when I get bored, I will create. Okay. Um, whereas if I'm too entertained, I'll just sit on the couch and watch Netflix or right, whatever. Right, right,
0: right. Yeah. yeah, good tip for you. Create. Well. Wow. Yeah, I mean the oh, other thing. So, strip so teasing, guys, if you want to see Damien, <laughs> <laughs> and like that, that's just kind of like what happened. No, in No, that... it doesn't go too far. Don't worry. Don't worry. No, it's no, safe it, for the kiddies. It, it's. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, there was this moment while I was filming that video and uh, and the, the costume that I was wearing at the time just sort of burst open a bit and I just rolled with it. And I went, oh, well, <laughs> since since this is what's happening, I'm just going to keep running with it. But there's this other character that you'll see in there too where I did go a little bit Marilyn Manson-ish. There's a bit of face makeup yep, and see that? Yeah, a little bit yeah, yeah. Heath Ledger Joker style. Mm. Um, and again, I wanted to connect more because the, the, the song's called Enemy and I think we talked about this a little bit last time I was on here about yep, you know yep. what is an enemy and... What does that kind of mean? And I wanted to also highlight this fact that our enemies are often our own internal insecurities and fears. You okay. know, it's something within us that we often will project on other people. Um, so that, you know, when we feel f- afraid or insecure about somebody else, we want to make them the enemy rather than actually address some of our own issues. So there's this character that I kind of play in the film clip too, where I'm a little bit of an eccentric Joker type looking character, which is me kind of connecting with my own inner demons and yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah just bringing it out. Well, very uh, Bowie esque in a way, where just like multiple personalities and characters, in the you know coming from the one artist. Yeah. um, Yep. Which is kind of cool. Have you given any of these uh, characters names or? No, I haven't gone
1: that far. (laughs) (laughs) That's
0: cool, man. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna share the hell out of that because that's that's really wicked. That's I love it. And um, so part of the BMAC uh, booster that you would have received was about doing things from home because it was all Mm. about um. You know, you know, letting artists know that they didn't need to be stifled in this time of isolation or semi-isolation, mm. or at least, you know, where we couldn't go out and, and play to mass crowds and that sort of stuff. And um, so, I think I think that was the whole, uh, you know, justification behind mm. the the grant. And it seems you've done that really well. You, you all of this was recorded at your home. Everything done at home. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Those are just different rooms of your house. Yes. Mostly all yeah. Mo- like in the same rooms. room. Yeah. Just from yeah, yeah. a couple of different angles. And yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, cool, man. Um, So that's the video, uh, and you've talked about the song, I guess. Now, you recorded the song yourself, though, at home, is that? Yeah, that's that's right. right? So tell us a little bit about that. We started, you know, before we started rolling, um, uh, my wife Maria is interested, and she's studying engineering um, after first done it 20 years ago and realizing that it had um, come a long way. So tell us t- just a little bit, um, you know, without getting into too much technical detail mm. that bore people that don't have a clue about it, <laughs> like how you go about it, like um, the recording from home because people are doing that now. Billy Eilish has, has, oh. has made a fortune out of it. Like, I know. That's I where know. she started. Right? Amazing. Her and her, yeah. was it
1: was her brother named Phineas or something? I think. And yeah. They're going something. collab like, yeah. and write together, and yeah, um, yeah. So I mean, for me. Part of it gets born out of necessity, right? Like, um, you, like when when you don't have a bucketload of money and you know you're not signed to any labels, you don't know, have anybody. that's just saying, mm. yeah, look here, have a hundred thousand bucks, go out and record an album and pay us back later, sort of thing. Um, you kind of have to, you know, you're living off the smell of an oily rag, so you learn mm-hmm. how to do stuff for yourself. Um, so that was kind of the the catalyst for me. Um, so you know, all I've got at home is like just a little laptop with a um, a, what's called an interface, which pretty mm. much just converts your instrument into something you can then work yep. with on your computer um yeah so i'm just recording everything into there and then bringing up a whole bunch of you know like i've, I've really got into electronic music since um covid started uh so i've been using lots cool. of synths and kind of synth basses and that kind of stuff and, right. and what i'm really liking about that like one of the things that's happening for me now because like traditionally when you're in a band or whatever you know, you'll have your one drum kit and your one guitar or whatever um and so the, the sounds are kind of the same, like you just mm. have your kick drum and your snare drum. Whereas with electronic music and stuff, I can go, well, if I want to have a different sounding snare for the chorus than what I have in the verse and I want to do something mm. else and bring it I there's no rules that say I can't do that. I'll, okay. have, I'll have 50 snares in this song if I feel like it.
0: Is there a worry that the less musical or the less talented are going to be able to uh, able to overwhelm those that have actually like worked on those skills? And
1: I think, look, I, I think
0: personally... Um,
1: and, and to be honest, this is probably a debate I'm still having in my head. Yeah, so you yeah. could ask me this same question uh, month's time, like, to be and honest, I'll give you a so different I don't have answer. an answer to it. Uh, but at the moment, I'd probably look at it and go, the, the tools. Um, like the, the tools are there, it still takes a creative person to uh, maximize and use those tools. Mm. It's kind of like if you go to like let's Bunnings for example, and you get yourself pre cut timber or whatever. Now somebody who's like a you know, a, a, a tradesman might sit there, you know, or like a a, I don't know, a woodsman right, might right. go, oh come on, where's the skill there? I would actually go and chop down my own tree and carve this thing out to be sure, able to sure, get it, sure. to be able to you know, which is a skill in itself to be able to do that. Um, whereas somebody else, yeah, you know, okay, well, I've already got the timber pre-cut right, right, because that part of the job is actually stifling my creativity. But now that I've got this, I'm going to now make it a sculpture or who knows what out of it. You know? So there's still an element. I Yeah, think- you're drawing
0: a good parallel there, man. I, yeah. So what we were talking about, uh, and this is bouncing off your track Enemy, mm. uh, being a, a subversive track uh, or if you like, a, I guess a, a protest track or a fight against the system um, sort of track. Politics and music—they're not not often discussed together, not in polite company, anyway. Mm. Uh, there's the old cliche, you know, you never discuss politics and religion around the um, dinner table. I find that to be quite boring myself.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, you yeah. Know,
0: it's very interesting conversations about politics and religion, and the truth is, though, politics and music are um, and sp- and spawn systems of politics have always been entwined. Mm. Uh, and music and art and musicians, artists—they've written. Um, I've often used subversion. Yep. You, you suggested this topic, which is—I'm really glad you did. How um, often, you know, use subversion in their creations? Mm. Um, for songwriters, it's usually done with lyrics, of course. Yeah. With lyricism. Like, music is a source of power. Like it's—it's—it um, emboldens people. It—it it educates people. Uh, it drives people to uh to change in, internally and to demand change from external sources mm-hmm. right so um with all that said that, that that big build out let's talk about some of the uh your favorite uh if you want to call it that should we call it our favorite or our top or best i don't want to call it best i don't think yeah the, no, no, music is not a, a not a competition i uh, nah, it's, nah, it's yeah. subjective isn't it
1: yeah, totally I mean, in some ways, you could almost say this is my first five. Like, you gave me yeah, you know, he's yeah. the topic. And well, he's the first know, five right? songs that came to my head. Like, and then if you the thought about way. it for
0: another half hour, now another couple of days, you're going to come up with different lists. Like, I get 100%. it. 100%. <laughs> um, and I guess, so sometimes it's blatant. And, and and as we'll probably see as we pull out some of these songs and we discuss them, we realize, well, this is very blatant. And actually, I thought when I first started making my list, I, I think I expected it to be dominated by maybe punk and hip hop because mm. they're probably. Uh, welcome to challenge me on this but when, when i first think of uh protest music yeah punk and hip-hop are probably the most blatant yeah um you know overt uh genres of of music of that um you know that provide that uh but then you can also think of folk and soul music which does it a little bit more uh, in a little bit more of a hopeful way if you think of the Dylans mm. you know the world or, or sam cook or marvin gaye Uh, you know you might find some more where where they protest but in a way of like it's just questioning the establishment whereas punk might be like you know punching you in the face and saying stop it yeah um and hip-hop would be be about raising the fist you know so it's it's, there's all different ways to go about um subvert subverting the systems and so let's get to it and let's talk about your number five we'll just count down we'll go back and forth and we may have some crossovers if we have crossovers so be it we'll just discuss it in in greater depth um so what is your number five all right I mean. so
1: i'll start at number five so and i've picked like because you, you just mentioned yeah you know, um yeah before you're Sam cooks and your dylan's it's really funny because i have picked songs that kind of came out in my lifetime so would people you know right, hear right. my list and then want to start writing it and go how could you possibly have a list of subversive songs and not include all your bobs like you know dylan and yeah, marley yeah, yeah. and geldoff and builder. Bob the builder so it's yeah i've <laughs> I've gone songs that came out in my lifetime, um, knowing that there is a huge, as you say, there there is a, a massive history uh, and a marriage, I guess, between music, you know, being this, yeah, and politics and, and mm. subverting stuff. So, okay, number one, or number five, counting down. Uh, I've got Sunday Bloody Sunday by you two. Okay.
0: I can believe the. In-
1: Which came out, I think, it was early '80s, so it must be about '82, '83, mm. kind of around that time. Um, for me, I picked this one, not so much. Like, and it's really fun because as I'm driving in the car, thinking about this, like yeah. it seems like a lifetime ago when I was a little kid and the stuff had come up on the news about the IRA and there'd be bombings happening in you know London and Ireland or whatever, and mm. you know, and, and all this kind of stuff happening, and that feels like a like. An eternity ago. Like, I'm like, there are kids in a generation now that never would have even heard of the IRA. And when I was a kid growing up, this was like a big thing happening um, in the UK all the time. And so there was a whole bunch of just political unrest and violence and stuff happening. And and out of that context Mm. comes this little, you know, four-piece band from Dublin. Yeah, yeah. Um, called u two, and now everybody knows Bono as being you know, one of those activists, kind of, almost to the mm. point where it's almost a bit of a joke about yeah, it another how much,
0: parody it. yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like
1: he But this particular song, I kind of feel like this was the this was the song that set u two up to be that band. Yeah, you know, right, here's the right. song that comes out, and you know and just questions, you know, how long, how long must we sing this mm. song of just, you know, fight tit for tat, eye for an eye? It's just you know, just yeah, this fatigue. Yeah. of I'm just sick of the bloodshed here. Mm
0: um i think a lot of artists um that create protest songs I, I can think of a few and i don't want to give away my list because there's a couple that are probably in there um one that's not in there okay blown in the wind bob Mar- uh, bob dylan also mm. they ask that same question okay how long are we supposed to be you know going over the same thing mm. uh, you know again and again why aren't we learning from from history uh you know and I, and I think that when you brought up sunday bloody sunday even though you say that was um what year was that it was in the I can't remember when it was bought out, but it was about... Yeah, I uh, want to say around seven, 82, I yeah, think. 82, I'm but had. when was that protest where those 12 people were killed? I can't remember the year that that was, but it's it's it continues to be pertinent to this very day and probably even more poignant to this moment in time mm. when you look at, um, well, the States is a, a really obvious example, uh, you know, where there were protesters tear gassed Mm -hmm. just peaceful protesters and then i'll try and pull out one or two and they'll give them labels and that sort of thing to justify but the truth is they were just rightfully protesting Mm. justifiably protesting now if you want to say they weren't justifiably protesting because you have a different ideology or a different way of thinking or a different perspective Mm. that's fine if you want to take away their justification but you can never take away their right yeah you know and so everyone has a right to to protest mm-hmm. um you know and that's all they were that's all they were doing uh and so yeah we're seeing it repeated history repeated and as you say how long must we sing the song yeah um and as bob dylan said you know how many roads and how many years etc cetera, etc cetera, like how how many times can we keep repeating ourselves before we wake up to ourselves and who knows what the answer to that is perhaps it's blowing in the wind yeah um, yeah yeah. So that's my number five. Oh what, what, yeah. what, Okay. All right. So I've gone with, um, my number five. So I'll explain it like this. It's not, it's probably not my top five favorite songs to listen to, mm. but it probably is. If I was to be absolutely critical and, and look at its historical value, it should be number one. So I put it at number five. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, and that is uh, strange fruit by Billy holiday. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, well, sung by, but she made it her own. So when she sang it, she just embodied it and she was the right person for it. Um, do you know Strange Fruit at all? You like a little bit? No, we'll, re- we'll talk yeah. about it. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Tell it's, me about it's, this. A, it's a powerful, lyrically, l- yep. lyrically, it's really powerful. Um, melodically, it's, it's okay. It's kind of like a haunting melody. Um, I first heard it uh, when UB40 did a version mm-hmm. of it. So that's my favorite version mm-hmm. of it. But because it, Billie Holiday was the first to sort of really own it, um, we'll give it to her. She says, um, just to give a bit of uh, background to it, um, it was written by um, Abel uh, Meterpole who was a, a poet songwriter uh, lyricist under his pseudonym Lewis Allen and it was a protest against lynchings. you saw this photo and it's a quite a famous photo Hello. it's the I've got it written here to remind myself the Lawrence Beetler photograph of the lynching of Thomas Ship and Abram Smith in Marion, Indiana so if, you know, if you want to look it up, I'll put it in the, in the notes, in the show notes anyway. Um, and maybe I'll put up a picture of it too uh, on the, on the Facebook page. But that was a an image that just struck him mm. to, the, to the core and he had a black wife and she, he wrote this poem, then set it to music. His wife first sang it, but then somebody heard it um, being performed and oh, what was the name of the, I can't remember the name of the cafe, but it was the first, uh interracial cafe or, or mm-hmm. you know non-segregated mm. cafe where billy holiday used to perform and so they grabbed billy holiday and said you gotta hear this song she heard it and she was she says that she was scared to sing it and every time she sang it she was scared to sing it but she decided to do it anyway because it reminded her she said of her pop or her dad mm. um and so i just i'll just put it into her own words so i'm not um paraphrasing but she says um it reminds me of how pop died she wrote in her autobiography but i have to keep singing it not only because people asked for it but because 20 years after pop died the things that killed him are still happening mm. in the south he was he died at age 39 after being denied medical treatment at te- at a texas whites only hospital hmm. you know so you know he needed urgent treatment they shut him out and then he died as a result and so that really struck her and then she heard this song and so without going on um, much more about it, I just want to read out a couple of lyrics because that's what is that's what is striking and why I've chosen it to be in my top five. Southern trees bear in us. So, so it's called Strange Fruit. I should go back a bit. It was first called Bitter Fruit and then it was changed to Strange Fruit. Uh, and just that term, you might think Strange Fruit, what does that mean? And then once you realize what it is describing, mm. it's talking about bodies hanging from trees Mm. a strange fruit Mm. so it is a very powerful evocative image that just strikes you to the to the very core southern trees bear a strange fruit blood on the leaves and blood at the root black bodies swinging in the southern breeze strange fruit hanging from the poplar trees pastoral scene of the gallant south the bulging eyes and the twisted mouth scent of magnolia sweet and fresh then the sudden smell of burning flesh here is a fruit for the crows to pluck for the rain to gather, for the wind to suck, for the sun to rot, for the tree to drop, here is a strange and bitter crop. Wow! So like it just sort of juxtaposes that um, you, you know that that what you imagine the the goodness of the south and the sweet magnolias yeah. and poplar trees and the you know and, and these beautiful sort of scenes uh, scenes you know spliced and juxtaposed with these mm. strange fruit hanging yeah. from the trees and so yeah so that's it's often considered the uh, in in many um. Uh, countdown lists It's considered One of the If not the Strongest Most potent Most influential songs Of the Of the mm. 20th century Yeah
1: Yeah I mean that's so confronting. That's, yeah, that's it's
0: confronting Yeah it is very confronting just, Yeah And that's
1: so. uh, And again I mean that, that's the beauty Of art and music mm. Right Like you can get right. out there And you can just You know you, you can just call stuff For what it is
0: Yeah um, Yeah And, and she and, said Every time then, she sang it She got scared And in fact They, they say that uh, She died of a heart condition at, at quite a young age In her 30s and there's and, uh, a blame. She would talk about it, so they, they feel it's justified to talk about it, um, to, to use it as a reasoning. But her heart, she said every time she sang it, it was, she, she felt so tense, and it was just like her heart was just losing a little bit. You know. mm. uh, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I'm putting words into her mouth, but that's how she kind of, the way she describes it, that's how I see it in my mind. Um, and then, she, yeah, she died of heart failure at a young age, um, and many say it was because of that song. Mm. Yeah, how, how potent... It, how powerful it was and how much it took away from her each time she sang it so wow yeah. so that's my number five started started strong um I, I love that song if, if you're not you know if you're not into your 1930s sort of style music and maybe Check out the UB40 version. It's it's more reggae style. Yeah, version, yeah. Well, I mean, because
1: that's when you said Billie Holiday, in my heart, mind, when I hear Billie Holiday, mm. I always you know, get this vision of kind of like those, um, yeah, those you know, those war movies when the guys oh, go when yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah, the, you know, yeah. and they're dancing with right, the, right, the, the, the women. And you and got this and like that. movie, yep. yeah, this music. <laughs> and, and, I, and I love that. Like for me, I, I love that kind of, yeah, but I just never pictured Billie Holiday as, yeah, kind of almost like a Johnny Rotten of the Sex Pistols of a day. Yeah, man. Well, is,
0: sure. That's sure. That's a good way to think of it. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. All right, what's your number? Okay, number four. four man.
1: Number four. Uh, this one, it probably, people probably say, oh, it's not so much a, a subversive song. Uh, it's more so the film clip, actually, that really mm. grabbed me, but it's Pearl Jam's Evolution. Um, which has a for not like go out and check that film clip out because it's oh, it, it's one of those animated film clips yeah, and there's yeah, just yeah. again lots of powerful images in that film clip but what I took like for me what I get out of this song you now because it's almost a um, it's a tongue-in-cheek like it's kind mm. of pointing back at the, the humans and saying oh, here we are thinking ourselves the most evolved creature on the planet and again it just shows humans just treating other humans badly suppressing Mm. each other killing each other just you know um there's images of guys uh committing suicide because their stocks have crashed and stuff Mm. like this you know and it's really just calling out to go well if we're so evolved why are we self-destructing right right um and you know Mm. and for me that is one of the, the biggest question marks i i still think of of our existence um, as humans, because we have this tendency, and I think it may have been the French philosopher Jacques Lacan um, coined the term the death drive um, within humans, where we have this tendency that we will destroy ourselves, um, Mm. you know, yeah, uh, either individually or corporatively. um. Right. So, yeah, so this particular song, for me, just, like, I think this is a, a great it's a great song to question your own psyche but also to look at the, some of the, you know, again, the systems that we have in place and not so much the the obvious ones that you have like, you know, racial injustice and stuff but some of those, um, just some of those capitalist ideals or some of the, you know, the stuff that we sit there and go, we are wearing ourselves to the bone, hmm. you know, the, the whole nature of competition and stuff. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm a big Pearl Jam fan. Um, I still claim to this day that I was the first person in New Zealand to buy 10. Yeah, <laughs> um, and it's a, it's a, the long short of the story is, is that, uh, I think I can cut this out if I listen back and it's boring, but I, I was working at a at a fruit and veg shop packing. I was only yeah. like 11, 12, maybe 12. And, uh, I was packing potatoes, I remember. And there was a music shop. And this was early before the shops opened. And there was a music shop just across from it. It was, I think the shop was called New World or something. A music shop there. And, uh, late one night, um, it was like midnight, uh, Pearl Jam, it was like music videos that were playing and mm. Pearl Jam's, um, Oh, what was the first one they put out? Was it Alive or even flow? Uh I think it was Alive. Yeah, I think first. Alive came first. I think the live came first. And um, I saw it and I was just blown away. I was like, wow, yeah, I, 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 these guys are amazing. And so the next day I went to that, that record store. Before they opened, I said, have you got these these guys? And like, oh, no, no, no. We'll check it out for you and see what's going on. And uh, I went back the next day. Did you find out anything? Um, yeah, yeah, we, we it's going to come in an X amount of time, whatever. And so... Uh, you Know for the week that they told me it would be within this time frame, mm. I just kept knocking on their door every day. Amazing, and then finally, so before any shops opened, they handed me this this uh, cassette tape of, of Pearl Jam 10. Wow! So before any shops had opened, I had it in my hand, and so I feel like probably not the first one to maybe get it because it would have been, yeah, people in the industry, or somebody, yeah. Somebody yeah. Got it, but but um, I was the first person to purchase it in yeah. New Zealand, I reckon, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had it in my hot little hands, and that's awesome, yeah, yeah. But, um, no, and, and Pearl Jam and U2, you've mentioned them already. And those are two bands I've seen live and, and I've been, phenom- I've actually seen them both. I oh, know, I only saw U2 once and Pearl Jam twice and both phenomenal lives. So yeah. um missing live music, that's for sure. Oh, tell me about bring it. Bring it back, bring it back. Um, yeah. what's right. cool with Big Day Out is, is coming back though. And they're only going local because they can't bring over, over right. his acts, which is kind of cool. Which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully it does go ahead. Um, you know, but that'll be rad. Mm. Um, so my number, yeah, number four, four. Whew, okay so this one um I, this was a big debate on whether or not i should actually put it in there is it a true um protest song yes it is a, definitely a protest song um is it subversive enough is it it is and uh, it's not a it's not a pop song mm-hmm. um it's actually an anthem and I think it's one of the world's greatest anthems. It's a French national anthem. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, so, like, and I'm not French and I can't pronounce this properly. And so if there's any French uh, elitists out there listening to me, please forgive me, but uh, La Marseille, La Marseilles, I think I'm saying that right. Um, probably not, but that doesn't matter. But um, the reason it, it cropped up in my mind was because, um, actually it was when I, when I was thinking about Billie Holiday and mm. the black and white images came, you're talking about black and white images. Suddenly, my favorite black and white film came into my mind, which is Casablanca. And there's a scene in that film. Have you seen Casablanca? I yeah? haven't.
1: I haven't. Okay, That's so it. add that to the list.
0: Yeah, it's one. Of, it's one of my favorites. And there's many great moments in there that have become iconic film moments. Yep. But to me, the greatest moment came when uh, there was basically a, a sort of like a song off between the German national anthem and the French national right. anthem. Um, the the Germans had, I guess, uh, semi. Uh, invaded and semi taken over this area and uh, so there was still a little bit of freedom there to enough to, to protest but the Germans had definitely stamped their authority there and it was in, in the cafe and Rick was deliberating whether or not to to, uh, to to sort out a pass for the protagonist to take off overseas and escape he was a revolutionary without you know go and watch the movie but, um, but anyway one thing led to another and the Germans start to sing Mm. Um, their national anthem. The few German soldiers that are in that cafe, um, and then this revolutionary is supposed to be staying hidden. Um, you know, decides to walk out to the front and he just says to the band, "Play, you know, the national anthem," and all these people rise up in the cafe and they just start drowning out the Germans. And it's just a really That's um, powerful an, another evocative moment yeah. in, in film. Yeah. So, um, in this scene is actually a, it was a turning point as well. So, uh, we talked. I talked before when we first I first started rambling about what the topic would be about how powerful music can be to sort of prompt people to act um you know uh, you react to the music and act upon the intentions that need to be um the, the things that need to be done mm. um whether it, whether it's protesting in the streets or whether it's uh, signing a um a petition or whether it's marching to parliament or what, whatever it is i um, and in this case uh rick who's the protagonist one of the protagonists humphrey bogart he refuses to give um, Victor Laszlo, who was the, the revolutionary who was trying to stay hidden from the Germans and get out of the country, refused to, to help him with a letter of transit, which mm-hmm. was basically help him to escape. Um, but that moment, he was talking to him in that moment when the Germans started singing, then that moment was sort of like the, the turning point for the whole film uh, when, when Rick realizes he needs to stop being so neutral. And so that's why I pulled this one out, uh, mainly based on my love of that film, and and my thoughts on how music can um, prompt us to oh. actually, you know, do do what is right, do what we're supposed to do, to act in the ways we're supposed to act. Is that you know, there's uh, what's what's that saying about good men doing nothing? All mm. It takes for evil to triumph is for yeah. good men to do nothing. And Rick was a good man, but he was doing nothing. He was remaining neutral. And sometimes we can't be Switzerland. Sometimes we can't be neutral, mm. as, as much as we feel like. Well, that might be the most peaceful route. If we're taking that route and thinking. My neutrality is the most peaceful one. Meanwhile, there's maybe an enemy that is, yeah, you know, destroying the the good, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And so sometimes we need to break ourselves away from that that uh, place of neutrality. So that's why I pulled this one out. And yeah, 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 yeah.
1: And if anybody knows how to, you know, subvert and revolt, it's the French, right?
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, this because this was written um, for the French Revolution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to to we you just, know yeah. that time they wanted to overthrow the monarchy and so yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So, so it's got it's got a powerful history and uh, and my pulling it out was because of my love of that film and, and that moment and you know that iconic moment in film. so that's, yeah. good. So that's my number four
1: that's number four all right moving on to number three um, so th- this one again is is uh, it's one that people may not have seen you know, heard or or, um, or thought of when they think of you know kind of Subversive kind of songs and political cool songs, but this one again, and it was the film clip that really grabbed this one okay. for me when I saw this film clip. So, this is uh Serge Tankian's Empty Walls. So, Serge oh, like Tankian, that. lead singer System of the Down. Uh, this came out just uh, around September 11 kind of time. Mm. Um, and the film clip is what really gets me because pretty much you've got kids in a daycare center and you've got this one kid and he's building, you know, uh, he's got these little tower blocks that he's built. And, you know, he's got yep. these two two towers, these twin kind of towers that he's built out of blocks. Then one yep. of these other kids throws his toy plane which smashes into these two Oof. twin towers, okay? Right. So straight away, it's setting the, the scene here, right? Here we have... The September 11 attacks reenacted.
0: When did Surge release this song? I'm not sure September exactly,
1: 18. but it wouldn't have been that long after September 11. Um, and what I what hmm. I think he's getting at, what I get out of this, is because I mean, again, the um, the key line in this is he goes, "I want you to see behind your empty walls." Because what happened, I I remember like um, September 11. Let's face it, anybody who was alive then um, probably remembers it really clearly. I just remember it was must have been a day or two afterwards. Um, and America, yeah, you know, they, they were doubling down. Now we're gonna, you know, we. The people yeah. that did this to us, we're going to get them.
0: Mm. Um, and the I wrong remember people, by the way, but yeah,
1: yeah, you know. Yeah, they're all, they're all the
0: same over there. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
1: If we can't get the people who did this, we'll find somebody we can blame,
0: yeah. and we'll get them. Yeah. Um, I keep selling to the Saudis, who were actually the ones that did it anyway. But, uh. Right, which
1: is, and th- this is <laughs> this is kind of where Serge Tankin I think is getting at mm. is that you know even though we consider you know, okay, yep obviously the the attacks themselves horrific, terrible, people died. I think he's you know what I get Serge Tankin saying though is hang on these systems this complexity that's happening at a global level that leads to this sort of thing we are Mm. all contributing to this Mm. this isn't a case of where you know here we are you know here the americans are living life you know perfectly and and you know was so self-righteous and great and over here of the you know like and and making this contrast between people that are are perfectly good and people that are perfectly bad coming against each other right He's, you know, the question, and that's why I think he's bringing the kids in when it's a playground, and you're you bringing it down to a base level. That actually, fundamentally, we're all little humans. We're all little boys and girls here, mm. um, in a very complex system. And the system is what is causing this, you know, imbalance that would lead one group of people to feel the need to attack another group of people, and vice versa. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Um, and I think again, it's it's a really challenging, confronting image that you all know right. uh, that just makes you think.
0: So it doesn't make you act?
1: It make Like, for me personally, it makes me act. It makes mm. me at least stop there, you know, and always come back to um, that sense of, well, what, what else is going on here? Again, And I think, because this, this is where um, I think as people, it's really important to step back. Now, and I know last time we were on here, you know, we talked a little bit about the whole Black Lives Matter movement and stuff. And one of the things that came out... Um, yeah you know, after they had the, the first lot of protests and things uh, you know there, there was the counter group that kind of came out with the all lives matters movement ah mm. oh, but everybody and I think that kind of misses the point point. and the point being is that when somebody makes a big noise, it's because they're not being heard. Mm. And Rather than sitting there and going, Oh, well, yeah, you've got your noise, but I've got mine too, is to, to actually stop and step back and go, Well, hang on, then like, tell me about what's going on for you that would have you make this right, right, you know. Um, and that's what I see, you know, for me, that's the acts that I start to take as a you know, when I start to come face to face with adversity or conflict is that sense of, Well, I want to understand them, what's what's going on here, why,
0: yeah, that's good, man. Um, I think also. Um, the art of thinking is is pretty important and has been lost mm. to has it, been lost on a lot in this current world of memes. Um, you know, telling us what to believe and think, and then those quick, uh, quick shares and mm-hmm. you know on these things that probably just these, these sort of headline shares. Um, there have been a few cool little studies or or um, uh, you know tr- tricky sort of things that have been done. Where someone's put out a headline but then you know if you actually clicked on the article it's got nothing that the headline mm. is challenging uh, sorry that the content of the article is challenging the headline but people then go and spread the headline yeah. and not realizing what the actual content are. one of the famous ones was betty white um did you see that one where someone uh said betty white um dies right and then, right. so people started spreading oh my goodness oh r.i.p blah 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 yeah. blah not actually clicking on the link and finding that it went on to say betty white dies her hair uh, you know and yeah. um and, and i think we're falling and so when we talk about um yeah action yeah. a song promoting action well sometimes critical thinking is an act in and of itself mm-hmm. and it's almost a revolutionary act in, in our day and age um, yeah. at, at times you know being able to say to someone a friend or a, even a leader that you may have voted for and that you have invested in to be able to step back and say wait a minute um, and it can be challenging because we're challenging ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a fallacy called sunk cost fallacy where, you know, we don't like to challenge anything that we've heavily invested in. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But sometimes we have to sort of consciously go, wait a minute, maybe I need to challenge myself on this. Mm. Uh, you know, and then, um, and I think maybe that's what Serge is, is trying to get us to do. Uh, well, as you're explaining, yeah, mean, that's, that's that's where I'm going with my, my thoughts. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. And so, if, if more of us did that, then maybe less actual physical action would be required. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if we all started thinking more critically and and um, you know and, and and challenging our own thoughts and our own perspectives, maybe we would we wouldn't need to go onto the streets and, and march. Mm. You know, because totally, of, yeah.
1: Totally. And and creating the contexts where those things can happen in more civil... De- because when people... I, I tend to think, right. you know, when when people want to act out violently, it's mm. because they don't feel heard. They, you know, may, and maybe they've done all the right measures. Right, maybe right. they've gone and, and petitioned their local council. Maybe they've gone and, and had the debates. Maybe And they're still just getting swamped under or whatever. And it gets to the point where if nobody's going to listen to me, I'm going to...
0: And then that's know, the breaking point. Yeah. Boom. You know. So imagine if there was civil discourse from you know, both sides and from all tiers you know earlier on yeah uh you know wouldn't have got to that stage and then you know and then there's the overreaction from the higher tier whether it's a government or whatever to the protesters because how dare you challenge you know the, what we're about our authority challenge my authority um, exactly exactly yeah so wow okay cool right. man well That's done Serge. Play. Serge is a great songwriter he uh, is yeah 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 what a man uh, uh he's armenian isn't he armenian american um Okay, so my number three. Mm. I, I've, I've kind of uh, predicted that you would have this one on your <laughs> list. Um, and I'm not sure if you do or not. Um, you don't have to tell me yet. I won't. Like, yeah. um, but my number three is uh, Killing in the Name of mm. Rage Against the Machine. Mm. Some of those that work forces Are the same that bar crosses Some of those that work forces uh, Radham. So this came out as a uh, as a song, sort of in reaction to Rodney King's beating mm-hmm. that caused the LA riots. Yeah. Um, many years ago, back in the in the in the 90s. Uh, well, they are a protest band. They're an activist band, really. That's what they do. That's what they sing about. Predominantly. That's what they're known for. And then in 2009, it actually became got a, um, hit the number one in the charts again. Um, which is amazing, and is it's the sort of cool. song that I'm, I'm so,
1: surprised isn't back again now. Yeah. Because when like you've got that, that, that chief lyric in there, right? Some of those yeah. workforces are the same that Burn Cross, and essentially, what are they saying? They're saying there are guys that are in our, our, you know, our government systems in our police force or whatever, who are part of the Ku Klux Klan yeah that's what he's calling out right yeah right he's saying these this is what's going on I know I know.
0: it's timely um and so I mean he is uh Zach Della Rocha and Tom Morello is quite political actually Mm. he's got a political degree he's got a I don't know what the degree actually is but um it's in politics um and so he gets quite political on Twitter and Mm. social media accounts Uh, you know I see him on um TYT um you know the independent news network a lot and uh and yeah um you're right and the reason i I brought up the fact that it then got a second life you know some 17 years after so 92 it was released 91 was um was rodney Rodney king King, so they released it the year after and uh it got a second life in 2009 and so the reason i said that was because it is one of those timeless songs i think Hmm. Um, you know it's still a killer track it doesn't it doesn't age at all yeah uh, let's see, the producer of the song, Garth Richardson, he says, I was in LA when the whole Rodney King episode went down. Um, that was a big thing for the city. Zach and I had a long talk about the power of speech and how whatever he needed to say, he had to say it. Malcolm X was a major influence in Zach's life, and this was not the time to back down. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it was, it's a ferocious song. It's 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 um, you know hard-hitting uh, lyrically. Yeah. It, it calls a spade a spade. Um, it doesn't hold any punches. There's no... No punches, no light tapping, yeah. um, all the way, all the way to the outro, which I won't repeat on here in case <laughs> my kids are listening. Yeah, that we, yeah as yeah. high school students man we we're just like oh absolutely oh, yeah, it's just that, I, yeah. that sense
1: of you know, I need to be heard and I'm angry here and, and like yeah. you get to that point where what's the most you know just yeah thing
0: and yeah, yeah, yeah and of course that outro I was in high school when this came out and we would just we would just turn this yeah you know, no one's gonna tell you what to do yeah I was a day student um, <laughs> that went to a boarding school and we would play in the boarding room and it was a yeah yeah and the kids and they'd get in trouble every time you told told but were, totally, were, totally. we were just headbanging all over the place man we were just totally, slamming yeah. it was awesome
1: which is I you because know, I mean, I mean that The nature, like when you're in a system where it's shown that the people that are in positions of authority in your system are actually the perpetrators of some of the most atrocious Mm. evils going on in your culture, you start Mm. to then question authority altogether, right? And that's kind of that that whole point gets, you know, it's like you know. (laughs) I'm not going to listen to any authority then, because I can't trust that you guys aren't.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And which I think, um, if we're going to digress just secondly, you know, just just for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Getting getting back to what you were saying before about that sense that when we're heavily invested into something, we fail to see the flaws in it or whatever. You right, know, we we right. want to we almost have to self justify that thing because you know it, it's too confronting, mm. conflicting, and traumatic for us to. And this is where I look at. Um, in America in particular, but probably Western culture as a whole, like, you know, the American political system, the American economic system um, is very much the legal system. It's kind of set up to protect the wealthy um, in, you know, uh, and, and that coming out of it, a long history of needing to, you know, go, okay, there are people here that, you know, have accumulated wealth and we need to make sure we protect that that wealth. So what happens in a system like that is that it becomes very stacked against people that are in poverty or people that are struggling or whatever. Um, And obviously there's a strong correlation, uh, particularly in America, but also here in Australia, same to the same sort of thing where um, poverty is overrepresented by, you know, by black people or by, you know, um, and so then the system then becomes not just anti-poverty, but becomes anti-black, which is what Rage Against the Machine is saying, you know, like, it's not just a case of, okay, well, let's, you know, let's, Become nice and get along because you know we're diff- right, right. they're saying the whole system that this nation is built on has to change mm. and as you said that's confronting because that is going to disrupt so much of what people in politics has invested over you know not just a few years but a couple of hundred years in some oh, cases no definitely
0: there's a theory in politics called the elite theory of politics where. Mm um you know uh only only certain people can actually break in and if you do tend to break in from the outside you either get absorbed or kicked out Mm. um you know and and it's just this little tight little tight circle of 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 elitism um you know and so definitely it's the system is not created for it's created for that one percent yeah you know to to survive and thrive to thrive and the rest of us to either survive or die yeah yeah you know so yeah, yeah. So, so no powerful song from um, Ratum from Rage Against the Machine. Mm. Uh, it it continues to resonate to this day. I've still got strong, strong, sharp, you know, um, contrasted images in my brain of when I first heard it and when I would listen to it on repeat. It's um, it's just one of those one of those ones that you can't let go of after you've heard it once. Wow, no, it's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> so, um, when they talk about the outro, actually, um, something I learned was that they set up um so they recorded it as per normal um you know separate parts and all that but that final outro mm. um you know "Fu" you and you know what yep. do what you tell me as a sort of like in the, in the uh he set it up as if they were recording a concert live concert and had everyone in there and that's why it's got that sort of big, big yeah booming feel um behind it and that's why you sort of just if you're not if you haven't if you're listening to it and you're sitting down if you're still sitting down by the time that outro kicks in there's something wrong with you you know like um uh, i mean i shouldn't say that. you might be disabled but um you know what i mean but if you're able-bodied and you can get up on your feet and you're still sitting down when that that outro kicks in then yeah then there's something wrong which is funny at this yeah.
1: day because at the moment with the COVID restrictions and stuff it's like it's technically illegal to stand up at a at a bar all
0: a, a, oh, right at a gig really? right now you gotta oh, really?
1: yeah i know it's crazy oh no crazy times oh that's funny well isn't it funny i think that is funny uh, all right, uh, so up to my number two.
0: Yeah, well, actually, um, before you go to number two, let's just just a quick um, splice something in because before, I don't want to forget this, but you talked about your number three uh, was based on, uh, influenced by September 11th. Yes. And you've got a gig coming up on September 11th. I do, right? actually. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> September
1: 11th, 2020, uh, I've got... Kind of like, yeah, this will be my first uh, show back since uh, the COVID restrictions came in. So Banshee's Bar and Art Space All right. um, in Ipswich. Fantastic little venue there. Um, getting supported by the beautiful Lucy Courts to yep. go check
0: her music out because she's... Uh, Definitely been checking her out. She's, she's great. Everyone else, I so recommend. Yeah, yep.
1: incredible songstress. Mm. Um, yeah, so lo- really looking forward to that. Should be a, a fairly pumping gig for one where people have to sit down yeah, and yeah. Not get up. And, and I think at the moment, uh, the restrictions are there's only going to be 50, you know, 50 tickets sold and then okay. it's sold out. Right. So get in there quick. Cool. But uh, All right. yeah, I'm looking forward to it. September 11th. Nice
0: yeah and, and lucy go check her out uh she's something i can't quite put my finger on how to describe her because i think she's just got these sort of unique aspects to her everything from her look to her sound mm. um yeah um even when she you know when she's see a lot a lot of times she's i've heard a lot of covers that she's done mm. and a lot of times when you hear covers you're just hearing you know a slightly different voicing of something and so you either got to go well that was sung better or that was played better or that was played worse or that was sung worse but this is she's actually she makes the covers her own mm. um you know like not many people are able to do yeah uh so yeah so i really dig it man like i'm glad you introduced her last time we talked so yeah so uh big ups lucy um hope you're listening and and i uh, hope you guys have a great gig yeah man. uh, uh where, where did you say it was Sorry. so at
1: banshee's bar and art space in ipswich so uh, it's okay. on the uh, brisbane roads um, Ken really? and Eva, Nina, Ken and Nina Weaver, are there? The manager, okay. there. Beautiful people, great supporters right. of local music, and cool, cool. yeah, yeah. And is it ticketed? It is. It is ticketed. Okay. Cool. Yep. So All jump right. on, you know, jump on my Facebook page. So um, Facebook dot forward slash Damien Creates. Uh, there's links to the tickets and stuff there. Or we'll go to the Banshees
0: Bar and Art Space page and get tickets Sweet. there. All right. All right, this is exciting. We're getting down to our top two? Yeah, top, to two. top two. We're Oof. up to top two, my okay. number two. All
1: right, uh, I had to pick this one. It feels right. a bit cliched now, but um, as far as like it, where this song came in, it, it kind of subverted where music was heading at the time. So, of course, oh. it Smells Like Teen Spirit oh, by okay. Nirvana. Oh,
0: okay, there we go. Okay.
1: Like, there was a sense what I got it again, what I got out of this. Um, it came at a time where music was just so bubblegum. Um, everything was right, really poppy, happy, polished. Yeah, 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 yeah. you know life was apparently really good yeah. You know, the the system mm. again the system was telling us you know, yeah yeah life, life's good life's happy i you know, yeah, just yeah. selling us this this thing and then out of nowhere this little grunge band from seattle just mm. yells out and says no way we are, we are struggling here like mm. this is yeah um they, they, it was brash it was loud it was noisy it was messy dirty like yeah um for me it, it was an anthem um, of what it was like to be a teenager oh, yeah, yeah. in the 90s. Um, and I think a lot of the emotions and the angst in that song still ring true. <laughs> Probably still ring true for me now. as like, yeah, in my 30s, I still yeah, feel right. like, yeah, no, I still feel like I'm that kid uh, that just wants to, you know, and, and you know, all all due respect to, you know, the, the pop music and the Ed Sheerans and the stuff like of today, but this part of me goes, come on, we're some angry music now. like mm. We need to get angry a bit more because yeah. life isn't always... Great.
0: The what's yeah. Um, that came s- sort of. I think the hair bands of rock had started to take over, mm. and, and it often happens. Um, you know, in the early days of a of a genre introduction, you know, there's, you know, they're sort of finding their way, and so there's, you know, there's some good stuff amongst the bad stuff, and then then it gets really good, and then you get a lot of bandwagon bands that jump on, and then eventually, you know, it does become overwhelming, and so it have gotten to that stage. Rocked started to get to that stage i think and the same thing happened i guess in the 70s where um rock had started to become a bit overblown and then punk came along Mm -hmm. um you know as a reaction to to that and and i guess disco but um but nirvana came along sort of like you said brash um simplistic without being um i guess ignorantly simplistic if that makes sense um I don't know if I've I've really tied those two words together well, but it's not, not simplistic in a like nursery rhyme sort of simplistic, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it was just I yeah, guess well, well, n- well, naked in a way. It was just very Yeah. Yeah. It, it was ragey, but it was vulnerable at the same time. Yep. And the lyrics are really um they you know, I've I've heard Kurt try to explain the lyrics quite a few times and he never gets the same story, mm-hmm. he never says the same story twice. Um, and so, but what's the the common thread is that they are very non-conforming, revolutionary, um, angsty, wh- which is very su- subversive, I guess, um, which is the theme of what we're doing here. Uh, you know, like as you said, it was, you know, the teenagers had gotten to a stage where it was like, I guess it was our opportunity to act out. I'm mm. like, what was it? No, it was like a release button, I guess. Yeah, therein. definitely. It really was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, rap had become, because because rap, although I mean, we had the N.W.A.s and those sort of things, you know, around mm-hmm. the same time, but also the ones that were dominating the charts were like the M.C. Hammers and the Vanilla Ice and that right, sort of stuff, right. right? And so we were losing that that traction with the streets. Yeah. Uh, and um and this come sort of like brought it back to the streets, grungy, dirty, you know, op shop clothing. Yeah, you know it was it was great, like yeah, and and I I know I dressed um, like I was an Avana fan for hundred percent, and and I think because I think that's for me
1: that's where the subversion came. Like this song came in and it literally transformed what the radio sounded like for the next ten years. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, because as you say, the radio was just playing your MC Hammer. It was playing you know, like yeah, some yeah. Mix-A-Lot, stuff like this, right? It was yeah. on there. And then all of a sudden, boom, and, and then your Pearl Jam Sound Gardens, you know, mm. Chili Peppers and stuff, all of a sudden become... Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, like rock suddenly became pop, mm. um, which potentially perhaps you could look back and go, you know, Nirvana ended up becoming a self-defeating phenomenon in that it then became the new pop was to be grand and then,
0: and then yeah and um i mean i might look back on what i say here and realize it's stupid but oh uh, you know what i've noticed is and then it and then it becomes hmm and then it what what happens so what you say yeah the rock becomes a new pop and then pop starts to realize they're losing their traction so they start to adopt you right. know what i mean and so like like if you listen to i heard i know one direction aren't around anymore but like one of the last songs they did was quite quite a rocking sort of song. And I thought if, if I displaced that from, from whenever it came out 2017 or whatever, and mm. put it back into like 1990 older, like I probably would have been into it. Like it's a rock song. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Right. Like, right. But it what yeah. And so it's, it's, weird the way things twist and turn and they, they steal what's popular to give street cred, but Nirvana had true street cred because they were, yeah. you know, originators and they were coming from the right place. hundred um, percent. You yeah. know, Hundred percent. Yeah,
1: but yeah, it's kind of funny. Like when you're thinking back to yeah, here are these guys flannel op shop kind of clothing and stuff, but now you can buy Nirvana t shirts in Supreme that have probably been you know, exactly right. And, like, and, and, and what? Then, what what right
0: yeah. and then and then buying your ripped like your ripped jeans for hundred and fifty bucks. Like come on, like that's not, this anti capitalism was exactly what Nirvana was against. Yeah, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, or, or about rather or about yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, and then we turn it into a fashion. It's, yeah. Oh my gosh, it's yeah. hilarious. The way it works. Uh, hmm. right, that's my number so, two. We're well, yeah, you know out. what? I actually did play around with that in my head, and I thought, oh, maybe it's not, but the, um, maybe it's not quite, a, it wouldn't be considered a protest song per se, and so I didn't include it, but as you've talked about it, and the more I've thought about it, I'm like, yeah, okay. So that probably would have been in my top five if I'd spent some more time thinking about it mm. the way you did, uh, because that's that was one of the highlights of my teenage years, oh. was um, was Nirvana and Smells Like Teen Spirit. Uh, it was one of the first songs we learned to play as a band. Um, the first song I learned was Wild Thing. <laughs> it was easy. Yeah. Wild wow, Thing. Um, and I think it was Blue, Bad Moon Rising. Smoke um, on the Water, Bad Moon Rising. The first song I, I think we could say was like an actually legitimately, well, no, those are all legitimate songs, but the one that was like had some toughness to it was probably uh, Metallica's um, not battery. What was it? Um, for whom the bell tolls. All right. Oh, right yeah, yeah. 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 I just wanted to play on the drum <laughs> There wasn't. Yeah, yeah. To my mind, there wasn't. As a fresh drummer, there wasn't too much to learn. It was like, <laughs> yeah, of course, there was. But, um, yeah. So no. Um, Teen Spirit is a is highly rated in my book. So I'm glad you brought that up. My number two. Let's do it. Okay. So, um, this was created for. Quite a revolutionary movie um, for Spike Lee, which was mm. Do the Right Thing. Um, and then it became a huge track in its own right, not just part of the soundtrack, and that was Public Enemies Fight the Power um and it could be called and i think i've heard it called the um lama say I'm saying that right, but the French, you know, the French revolutionary yeah. song um, of the of of the streets, you know, of, of the of the um 90s. So it came out in 89, but you know, that period, that that changeover period between the decades, because it was saying like we need to rise up mm-hmm. and fight um, against the things that are, you know, and and he actually um, now I, I don't I don't mind Alvis. He says some he says something about Alvis here, which I think is actually quite poignant. Um, uh, you know, he's like Elvis. Uh, he might be a hero to you, but he. Uh, he you know never meant anything to me or whatever um and it was a moment for um the black youth to be able to say you know we can have our own icons uh, musical icons Uh. um you know we can put we've got our own people to put on a pedestal as well that can also don't get me wrong um you know i actually think he crossed uh, genres really well and Uh. he was actually quite good at it bridging um but i think if i can get what chuck d was trying to say there he was just trying to say like you know we we've got our own people that we can promote and that are as equal to or or even greater than um you know that the Elvis icon chuck berry for example yeah my goodness you know his lyrics declare an african-american perspective so i'm just reading straight from wikipedia because i think they describe it better than i can with just a bit of sort of uh, tangent rambling. His lyrics declare an African-American perspective in the first verse as he addresses the brothers and sisters who are swinging while I'm singing, giving what you're getting. Um, he also clarifies his group's, p- group's platform as a musical artist. Now that you've realized the pride's arrived, we've got to pump the stuff to make us tough. From the heart, it's a start of work of art to revolutionize. So basically, it was a call to arms yeah. to say, let's get our music, you know, instead of just having Elvis on a pedestal, like we need to you know, help our own people to realize. Uh-huh. And then the rest of the world can realize that we have our own artists that can stand up there, you know, and shine over, uh-huh. you know, the musical landscape um, and that we can look up to. So uh, I thought that was quite powerful. It's a tough song. And I think it doesn't like it, it's aged a little bit because hip hop, yeah. it, was, it was still kind of the early um, days of hip hop, maybe the toddler days of hip hop, I guess. Um, and so hip hop has come a long way, although some would argue that it's gone backwards lately with mumble rap and stuff. But it, it was a great song for its time, and content wise, it remains a great song for our time. Yeah. Mm. Mm. yeah so that's what I got to say about that one. So yeah, quite quite a quite an iconic song. Hundred yeah. percent. All right.
1: Number yes. one. You've got your number one. Number one. All right, oh, let's boy. do it. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, it's funny because uh, obviously, and I was listening as I was over here to Rage Against the Machine, so I did have Killing in the Name as my number one, but I'm going to change that now because I've already discussed it, do <laughs> right. I need to go further so on cool. Killing in the Name. Great song. So my number one, uh, bit straight, is going to be the entire musical Hamilton does a ragtag volunteer army in need of a shower
0: somehow defeat a global superpower how do we emerge victorious from the quagmire leave the battlefield waving betsy ross's flag higher yo turns out we have a secret weapon an immigrant you know and love who's unafraid to step in he's constantly confusing confounding the british henchmen everyone give it up for him Favorite um, fighting
1: friends I'm taking this horse, man of making red coats weather with blood stains. i I never gonna stop until I make a drop a map and the remains out. Watch me engaging, them escaping them and ragin' them out. I go to France for more fun. I come back before guns and ships and so their balance shifts. Okay, Alright, all right. which is it's funny cause it's, it's it may, it's, it's, it's streaming it's on Disney Plus at the moment. You're right. Uh, and I sat down and watched it because I, I mean, I'd heard, and I don't know much about, again, I don't know much about American history. And obviously this whole musical is kind of about the founding fathers of the United States of America during the time of the War of Independence and um, yeah, American Revolutionary War. But what, what the, there was a couple of things that got me. The first thing that got me was um, sitting down and watching a stage performance on my TV, mm. uh, that in itself is a little bit of a, a bit of a game changer. I'm like, hey, so this kind of works. This is really well filmed and whatever. But where I find um, this particular, you know, musical really revolutionary and really subversive is that it's predominantly an all black cast. Mm. Which is really cool because the characters that they're playing here—they got your George Washingtons, right? Obviously Alexander Hamilton, Thomas Jefferson. Like these, Mm. these guys would have been rich white guys, right? Mm. Like that's who they would have been. But they're being played by by black people. And what for me makes um, this—and I, I, you know, there's probably a whole bunch of reasoning and stuff behind that as well. Apart from the fact that they're probably just—you know—they are phenomenal singers. The people that are Mm. in there. is that it forces you as the the viewer? There's a, this kind of a suspension of disbelief you've got to put into that, then, where you know you've got to then look past the skin color of the person on stage because otherwise that becomes a hangout point for you. You go, well, but George Washington was obviously a white guy. Why is he yeah, being yeah, played by a black right. guy? But it, the point is, well, actually, it's a human playing a human, mm. um, and it's you know for me that's you know it gets you to see past. Um, yeah, the the skin color to really getting into the story. So for me, that in itself is um is a really subversive empower. power like they, for me mm. helps break past um the the barriers that we have within our own psyche, right, which is right. what I think why music has and art is so powerfully subversive. Hmm. Um, yeah. So for me, it, it's a it's a wow. great watch on on that respect. It's just it's it, I find it interesting too because obviously um. You know, and We keep coming back to uh, the, the racial disparity that happens in, in America. It, it, I think it's quite profound when you've got you know, this all-black cast playing guys that, you know, in, in essence, were setting up the system mm. that was going to allow for the inequality that has happened. Mm. Um, there's something in that, and I'm, I'm finding it difficult to find the, the, the words for it. But there's something in that in itself that I think this is quite um, powerful in what's being done here. Okay. Um, and pl- plus the music in itself too is, yeah, is right. just—it's just great music. It's it's R and B. It's hip hop. It's um, the retelling of America's history with with modern yeah modern music, and it's it's a great watch.
0: Okay. So if I was to play devil's advocate and I yep. say, was well, not that cultural misappropriation?" Would there be any legs to that?
1: I m- maybe, um, and again, I mean, I'm not. Yeah, like all, all I can speak of is is well for me. This is what I got out of it, mm. and this is what I saw out of it. And for me, it was a case of yeah. What I what I see out of this is that we it's it's telling a story in a way that's making me see beyond the the barrier of race, mm. um, and I think that's a powerful, yeah, th- you know, powerful step forward. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. yeah no, nah, cool. Um, no, I don't think it's cultural misappropriation myself. Like the, 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 the there was no culture per se that was. Uh, flipped on it, that was taken away. Mm. Um, I mean, the story was still told. Um, just the skin colors, yeah, yeah, changed. Yeah, 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 and, yeah, yeah, uh,
1: yeah, yeah. And and I mean, it's probably contextually it works because of the uh, like. It, it's kind of different. Like it's mm. like you know when you watch a Jesus movie and they have like a Jesus played by a a, a blonde American white guy. Then I look at that and go, hang on, that's cultural right, misappropriation, right, right, right. right? You're missing the fact that you know the fact that he was some Jewish Middle Eastern guy mm. is kind of actually okay. significant to his <laughs> place in history. Um, but yeah, I think within this context, when you are actually try and in in a culture, which is trying to reverse some of the, uh, the racial disparity and the, you know, Mm. whatever, I think it's a really powerful move and makes it a, a really great story.
0: So, um, that's, I have not seen it yet. I must admit Maria and I keep saying like, Maria, let's watch it. Let's watch it. And she's like, no, no I want to watch it with the kids. And we just haven't It's such a long watch. It, it is a long watch. Um, but I mean, I know a little bit about Alexander Hamilton and, you know, I listened to a couple podcasts that, you know, talk about mm. his, his history and stuff, but, but that's a, that's a good pick, man. Um, yeah. Okay. My number one is one of my all time favorite artists. Um, and this was actually the very last song that he sang. Um, and he sang it, uh, You know, he sang it, I think it was Pittsburgh Um, Just quickly looking it up to make sure I'm right Yeah, it was a show in Pittsburgh um, September 23rd, 1980 He sang it from a stool Because the cancer um, that he was suffering from Had spread to his brain Mm. So he he wasn't able to give much As he used to He's known as quite an energetic performer But at this stage he was really near the end of his life And that is Bob Marley And the song is Get Up, Stand Up Yeah, yeah, yeah And now when you see the light You stand up for your eyes he did a 20 song set that night, closing with a six minute rendition of Get Up, Stand Up. Collapsed soon after the show, and then he would go on to die um, a few months later. Mm. But yeah, but that song, you know, is just, to me, it's like an ultimate sort of fight against oppression song. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's there. It's, it's pretty blatant in the actual title, get up, stand yep. up. Uh, he's singing that to the oppressed mm-hmm. to saying, don't be victims. Mm-hmm. Um, to pull out a Martin Luther King quote, uh, we've talked about Malcolm X, talk about his contemporary Martin Luther King. Uh, freedom is never voluntarily given by the oppressor. It must be demanded by the oppressed. And that's mm. what, that's what Bob Marley is saying here. Yeah. He's saying demand it like your freedom is your right. It's not going to be given to you voluntarily by an oppressor. So you have to demand it. Um, it is your right to have freedom. Um, I believe he, uh, P- Peter Tosh was the main contributor to this song. Mm-hmm. He, was, he was, he doesn't get as much, um, as a songwriter. I don't think he gets mm. as much credit as Bob Marley. Yeah. Um, but he was, you know, quite dominant in this song and he was a, f- he a phenomenal songwriter. So it was written by Peter Tosh and, and, and mali um and it was they they said it was sparked by or the catalyst to them writing it was after a visit to haiti mm-hmm. um and seeing the uh the how badly the poor were oppressed in, mm. that, in that area um so they wrote back and you know and, and then wrote the song about fighting for res- respect acceptance um you know and freedom so yes yeah, so I, I love the song uh we play it as a band um we play kind of like a a weird juxtaposed v- version or blended version with with this and um and the, it's a Green Day riff. What's the Green Day riff? Oh <singing> uh, yeah, you're right, hits Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, get up, stand up. <singing> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's kind of fun to, to play and it's kind of rousing when we when we jam it. Like yeah, that. yeah. Um, you know, with that with that heavier riff. Um, so yeah, so, so that's why I've chosen it. We we like to perform it. Um, it's one of my favourite artists. He was very dominant. Um, a, a dominant when you think of maybe if you wanted, if we ever did a list of the top five or even top ten um, uh, songwriters, mm. sub, subversive songwriters, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or protest songwriters. Yeah. You know you'd have your bob dylan's of course um maybe a woody guthrie and your, you know zach de la rocha mm. and you'd have bob marley in that list for sure yeah you know 100 yeah 100 percent. so so i had to include him there as, as my number one uh rip bob marley mm. um thanks for all you gave us his music continues to resonate to this very day um you know many many years later with the 80s so geez 40 years yeah later and his song still means as much today as it did back then. And that's a that's a, the mark of a good songwriter, you know, when your, your music is timeless. Yeah. And, and it is timeless. And it's also unfortunate that it's timeless, though, because that means that we're still suffering from the same issues that he was speaking against. So, yeah, man. But, um, yeah, that's my top five. You had a great... I, I really thought we were going to have some crossovers. We didn't... No, apart we didn't from have any Killing, cross-overs. In the Killing in the, the A, we had like to switch last minute. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But Which um, I, I kind of figured I knew you'd have it. It wouldn't like, matter. Yeah. It's it it all good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, that's that was cool, bro. And and um, appreciate you being here today. And one more time, give a plug for your next gig.
1: Yeah, it's so the next gig, September 11 at Banshee's Bar and Art Space in Ipswich. Uh, jump on Banshee's page, get some tickets there. Uh, it's Ten bucks. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So get
0: out of the house and see some live music. Maybe this is. Maybe this is exactly what we needed to remind people of what we're missing, you know sometimes you've got to take something away to remind yeah, us of yeah, what yeah, we, yeah, yeah, you know why we need it, yep, uh, because it was hard to pull people to gigs, and, totally you know people totally. were getting a bit laxadaisical and and actually,
1: you know. yeah, like I mean, because on that I, I think that's one of the themes that we see in all of those songs is that when um, when when people. You know are separated from each other. Mm. That's when small minorities are able to come in and take power and, and suppress. Right. Yeah, you know, and all of these songs are a sense of calling to people, you know, like the majority, and saying, "Hey, you know, let's rally together here because mm. we are actually the the majority here." Like mm. it's always this small amount, Yeah, yeah. You know, like in your French Revolution.
0: The minorities your, are the majority. You know, yeah. Yeah, 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 the
1: the minority always comes to end up with the you know the majority <laughs> of the power, but right, right. the power, as Bob Dylan's, uh, sorry Bob Marley, you know, it's mm. with the people. Get yeah, up, yeah. stand up, stand <laughs> up for your rights, all right?
0: Well I'm surprised we didn't have any Bob Dylan. Sorry, Bob Dylan fans. Yeah. Um, but that's definitely honourable mentions. Um I, I know Damien gave an honorable mention to Rage Against the Machine. Um, there's probably quite a few that we could give as honorable mentions. I'd say um, Sam Cook, Change is gonna come. Yeah. Um is definitely a, an honorable mention for me. Um, that was more just a thought provoking one in my mind. Um and I went with the more sort of like fist to cuff sort of call to action Mm. style songs um marvin Gaye, what's going on um, is is a killer i mean locally midnight oil Um, pretty cool band uh all around and and very much driven to speak to local issues which which i love you know um especially local indigenous issues with that said with all that said thank you everyone for joining us today it's been a Excellent show. I can't wait to edit it. I'm hoping that there's not, you know, thinking back, there's not a whole lot to edit. It might you know, I might just let most of it flow, even our little hiccups and ums. I hope you enjoyed this. Please leave comments on our Facebook page about what you think uh, we should have included or mm. what your favorite subvertive or protest songs, fight the power, fight the system songs are. Uh, you know, what, what has really roused you to action. Cool. So that's us. My name is Nate Hammond. We've been talking to Damian Johnson, who again, September 11th, make sure you get along also like his page, go and do it. Also then go and find all the connections that he has to local musicians, find them, track them down, uh, like their pages. It is imperative that we support the local arts. We have a great opportunity now more than ever. We're not uh, as, um, Bombarded by local visiting uh, sorry, um, visiting artists from overseas. Uh, so now's our chance. Now's our chance to get back to supporting, you know, the local pub bands uh, and helping them on their way and helping them to make a living um, and helping them to have the opportunity to share their music far and wide. So thanks again for for listening. You want to sign off for us, Damien? Yeah, all right. Yeah, this has been tonic Pop. Got the bombs, <laughs> the bombs. We got the
1: songs the melody. fear is the virus love is the remedy Don't